1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Jack Ramsey's That's right. We are back after a, I don't know, hiatus break, whatever the hell you want to call it. But it's been a while. And uh, Brandon, uh, it's good to be back, huh, buddy?
2: Yeah, yeah, man. It's uh it's been it's a busy time for us right now. It's football season, but basketball's uh what, a week away from starting with the camps? And wow. <laughs> Sorry, what? There's a disconnection. I think my camera's not working anymore. I don't think I can do this podcast I'm sorry, I have to leave. So I guess I, I didn't, you didn't, hey, you didn't text me and tell me we were role-playing. I didn't know you were going to no. be an insufferable douchebag tonight. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's, that's normal setting, normal se- normal settings. Hey, I'm just glad you guys get to celebrate something. You've been irrelevant for too long. It has been way too long, my friend. It has been way too long. I think my camera's way, not working way anymore. Long. I don't think I can do this podcast
1: Oh You're a dick.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I feel I, like we're we're a
2: little late because you're sitting here trying to find this the fight song perfectly to oh play Oh no on your phone. No, I had are you kidding me? I <laughs> did that an hour ago. I had this already set up. <laughs> I didn't think I was able
1: to just grab the phone and press play.
2: <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Get ready. I hope you guys are ready to lose. I can't wait.
1: Uh listen, man, heading to Cor Vegas is always uh it's always interesting.
2: They're so, four. Hey, the beeves are four and two against USC in their last six.
1: Last six. I, what are they? I think they're three and one against USC when USC's ranked and the Beavers are unranked.
2: Oh yeah, three and one against the number two.
1: Ugh, good lord! I'll tell you what. Uh, six and a half is a weird number. So uh, it was a weird number.
2: I need that to get to seven, personally, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that six and a half business.
1: Yeah, no, that hook's gonna get you every single time. Uh, Coker time asked that those are new Blazers hats. So yes, this is the uh, generational Blazers
2: hat right here. Yeah, this is this. You know, this is yeah. the Blazer hat, a Blazer hat. Yes. Right? this is Benny the Blazer, Benny, Benny the, Blazer. the Blazer. There you go. I like it. I Damian like Lillard's it. favorite school. Um,
1: but uh, it is going to be back. Uh, we are going to ramp up hard and heavy um we i don't know if i want to tease this or not we have two massive guests coming in the next couple weeks
2: so uh that's a dirty tease
1: that's it yeah uh the barring any changes in how things are uh, going in in the bookings we have the two biggest guests we've ever had on the show uh by a pretty substantial margin so uh something very 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 much look forward to uh we are going to dive into camp stuff very hard very quickly um, Which is insane because, Brandon, I don't know if you know this, but Trailblazers Media Day is less than a week away. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, one way or another, I will be down there. Um, for those that don't know, Media Day is Monday at the practice facility. After Media Day is done, uh, the Blazers will be getting on a team, or getting on a, team, getting on a plane and heading down to Santa Barbara.
2: Their first preseason game is October 5th?
1: Third. Seattle. Third. Oh, you're right. Yeah, 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 You you and I may or may not go to. I will be going, whether or not we can can drag you up there in time because you've got to be back in the morning (laughs) or do the show from Seattle. Or or we can make just Dusty do the morning show with dirt and you and I can do the (laughs) afternoon show. Uh, One way or another, we will figure that out. I will be at Media Day. You will be on air because it is from 8 to noon. Mm -hmm. Um, That is... uh, Interesting because, hey, we're going to be in the building. It's been a while.
2: I might head over after the show. Actually, I'm Whoa. off at nine. I might yeah, just roll zoom on right it's, over. It's,
1: it's at the PF, so it's not too far away.
2: Dame's uh, last anyway, so it's like the big, you know, the yeah. bigger fish are going to last anyway.
1: So I will be covering it from there. We're still working on logistics and whether or not we're Dusty and I may do the show from there. Oh, so um, well by do the show, I mean we mean uh, record it and then play it from from noon to three. <laughs> <laughs> All right <laughs> be be done working before noon um
2: be done working before work starts
1: yeah which would just be fantastic uh, it's a lot shorter trip uh to Tualatin than it is to downtown Portland, which um you and I haven't we've haven't talked about it on air and this is before we get into the laser stuff real quick um just because it's the cross promotion How about our new building huh Go, it's going great for you
2: uh new building's been a, a goddamn nightmare for my <laughs> show. <laughs> We were off the air last Thursday for an hour and 10 minutes, but Mm. uh, the studio itself is going to be sick once it's built out. The building is gorgeous, but... It's rad as hell. uh, I've gotten three parking tickets so far. Zero. And, uh, of course, because why would they give anybody else outside of 6 to 9 a.m. parking tickets? Uh, Just like why would any other radio show work perfectly fine outside of uh, 6 to 9 a.m.? Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been told they've been taken care of, and yet I keep getting a new one every other day. So, you know, it's They're hunting it's great. down now. I, I feel like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar. I'm going to get caught, and one day I'm just like, I have unpaid parking tickets, and <laughs> I'm going to click it, and it's just going to drop out of my glove compartment. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, oh, well, what do you want me to do? I don't want to pay this shit.
1: Uh, all right. Well, I say all that because we're in the new building, and this is kind of pertains to, to the audience. Um, it's like three blocks from Moda. It's literally on the other side of the bridge. Mm-hmm. uh so uh when I wrap up with shows uh on game days, I will head over to the gym get a little workout in, and then uh cross back over the bridge and uh you know cover some games.
2: Broadway bridge is a quarter mile away from our thing. You hop on get right over parking lots right there game day boom
1: yeah so it's uh it is very very convenient uh for uh for coverage and everything else but uh media day is coming up. Uh, We will dive into that here in just a second. Uh, Just want to have a little bit of fun, get kind of relaxed and uh, set back in. But uh, the news of the day, Brandon, uh, Robert Sarver is out as owner of the Phoenix Suns. He has begun the process to sell the team. The uh, external pressure, more likely internal pressure, uh, was just too much. Uh, And he gone.
2: Yeah. No, it's it, this was good news for the league. It was great news for Phoenix Suns and Mercury fans. Um, I, I saw a funny tweet, and I, I'm blanking because I saw a few of them, but somebody, I, I think it's a comedian I follow named Aaron. He had a funny tweet and said, if, if getting rid of owners was the equivalent of rings, Chris Paul would be the GOAT. This is the and third. I, this is the third. I thought that was pretty funny. Can I real quick say something on this? So I said this on my radio show, but I want to repeat it. I want to go back to the Silver press conference. It is by any measurement of any person with a logical brain, it's not a great press conference. Um, The answers aren't what people want to hear. This is where I push back. Adam Silver works for the owners. Mm -hmm. He is not going to openly say, I want this dude out of my league. I want this guy gone. He works for Robert Sarver. I don't think there is any way and I challenge somebody, like I legitimately I challenge you, you tell me any way to answer any of those questions that are suitable and sound good in terms of what we know he should say. There isn't a way. And so while I didn't like it either, I do believe, and maybe I'm drinking too much of the Kool-Aid here, I think Adam Silver wanted to get that done and in a roundabout way was basically saying, what do you want me to do? My hands are tied. You want him out? Everybody else has to get him out. And I think Adam silver today cracked a beer, put his legs up and said, what a great day. And I may have Thank stole you. that from, from, from John Hollinger, but I thought that was spot on. It was, was. was like, he's smoking a cigarette. Like he just had great sex. It's yeah. like, yes, now this douchebags out of my league. Thank God.
1: It's just, it's one last thing that one less thing they have to worry about. And the the reality is it's probably going to be Bob, Bob Iger that gets the team. I've heard Bezos name thrown in there. He's, He's thrown his his hat in the ring for NFL teams. I think he was angling for bigger fish. Uh, obviously, they, Amazon has a significant investment in the NFL. Uh, I,
2: I, I still think he's going to get Washington eventually. Snyder will. He will like eventually. Be gone. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll get the commies.
1: Yeah, I, I, I believe so as well because it, it works perfect. It's it's great branding, the, the Washington Amazons. Um, <laughs> every time they score, they can say they deliver on time. Yeah. Um, oh, God, <laughs> I mean, come on, the branding's there It's, it's just it is what it is I mean, they
2: chose the commanders Like they wanted to be called the Washington Commies It's unbelievable the stupidity in that franchise
1: Or brilliance, you never know um, But yeah, the, their, their packets are up but getting them out it's, it's good for the league on the um, Just a human scale And not that, you know, uh, billionaires are, have had this great standing hey, Another billionaire coming in is probably going to be a rotten person But it's a different level of rotten I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. And you don't want owners in there that are cheap. No. You want owners that are willing to spend money. It's better for the product all around. Right. So, uh, I mean, you have Lacob who came in with the the Warriors, and they've got relevant because, yes, they got Steph Curry, but also and Clay and Dre, but because they spent money, that that's what happens when you spend money, which when you're cheap, you fall off the side.
2: Um, well, can, can I say something on that? I, you know, there you go.
3: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Organizational ineptitude is is always going to exist at some level, right? Like It's just a matter of how much. You can care... But you can also be bad at it. I think the guy in Sacramento cares. I just think he's bad and doesn't know how to get it going. Now, maybe this is the year they break this spell and they get back to the postseason. We'll see. But I think largely something to keep an eye on because I know Portland's now kind of maybe the next thing in line after expansion. I don't think you're going to see a lot of people come into this league or any league, really, and buy a team and Oakland A's it. Donald Sterling it. I think those days are numbered, man. I think yeah. there's too much money to be made from being good, and the Golden State Warriors are the prime example of this. Like when you give a damn and you try and you put all your cards in the middle and you hit, man, you hit big. And so I don't remember what I think Laker put in four hundred million dollars for that franchise. Mm-hmm. If he sold it today, he'd walk away with over a billion dollars. It's oh, just it, four. That, that, that franchise. Well, was no. four.
3: Uh, but Oh, yeah, split his, it, you, yeah know his, his, you know what I mean. Like piece, after yeah. all, the, yeah. yeah.
2: So I, I just I think it's. I think the cool thing for sports and sports fans now and Blazer fans are kind of in this I think long gone are the days where somebody comes in and it's just a let me do the bare minimum and let me get my league revenue share and I'm cool. I don't care if my Chicago Bears in it. Yeah, I mean, they're looking for a new stadium, mm-hmm. but you know, I think they're trying at least. I just I I don't think you're going to get an owner of Phoenix, maybe Portland if it's Phil, whatever. Then I, I don't think you're going to Get that you're, kind of ownership.
1: You're, you're right, though. But the the older generation of owners, it was a shiny thing on the wall where it just printed money for them.
2: Now it's a it's a boys' club and it's it's like um it's like a country club. Everybody in a country club in golf is always talking shit. Why? Because there's a league championship. Yep. Because you know what I mean. Everybody wants to be the dude, and I think that's kind of what you get now. It used to be what you said. It used to be a mantle, fish on the wall. Yeah. And now it's like, yo, it's an exclusive club of 30 people. Are you one of the best 30 people? And when you get there, what do you do with it?
1: So you have different owners trying different methods, whether it's the Spurs method or whether it's the uh, OKC method, whether it's the Warriors method, like whether it's the uh, Mavericks method, like there's just different. Every one of these owners is going about it in a different way, and you're not getting ownership groups that are just like writing checks. Well, there's, right. there's still some exist. You and I have talked about this. The Knicks have been that. The Magic have been that. The Hawks for years have been that. So uh, it's just really interesting to see how that goes for. As it pertains to the Blazers, what the Suns sell for could readjust the market. Because right now the Suns are valued at $1.8 billion. I believe the Blazers were valued at like 2.1 on that Forbes list, slightly more than the Suns. And if you're looking at it, uh, if you're Jody Allen and Vulcan, you want that Suns price tag to go up, because right now, because it's like you said, it's that competitive part. It's the, the country club. There's an exclusive club. There's only thirty of these. Well, there's about to be thirty two, but there's only thirty of them right now. Where does that price point end up? Does it end up at two point two? Does it end up at two and a half? Because the for the Blazers, they're just looking at going drive it up, drive it up, and that's you know that kind of it becomes their mark point to get out.
2: I'd be surprised if it went over 2.7. seven. Um, I, I know that.
1: Two four is where I think it ultimately ends up.
2: Two four is pretty good. Uh, but the one thing I keep in the back of my brain is the Balmer purchase. Now that was an impulse buy by a dude that wanted to own a team for years. And he and wanted decades. it done.
1: He was just like, I'm done with this. Here's the check. Yes. Here's also no it was, and it was and, fully liquid. That's the insane oh, part.
2: That's the nuts part about having twenty in billion dollars. <laughs> um but I'd I'd be stunned if it went past two seven, two six. Yeah. I think what you're hitting on two four is about right. And I think it just kind of reiterates the Jody position, and I know they continue to double and triple and quadruple down. Team's not for sale. Yeah, we, we know, but like literally the commissioner League said it there's a thing sold. in the deal that has yeah. to be sold, so it's like it's a weird game they're playing over there. But um, I think ultimately Portland's probably looking at 2.2. If Phoenix is going for 2.4, you can't go above 2.4. They're better than you right now, and they're in a bigger media market. Yeah, but the Blazers are valued higher. Well, is that because? Would you say that's because of the whole Rose Quarter yeah. area mixed with of, the be, team? Because it's everything. Yeah, and
1: yeah. and uh, the valuation I think factors in uh, uh, merchandising and historical trends. So the Suns,
2: Blazers. Yeah, up and down, up and down. Right. So,
1: um, which would be Ticket Stream because the. But I would
2: say I would say the last four years the Suns. The Blazers. It's true.
1: <laughs> true. But historical markers are the, the, yeah. the
2: Blazers are the more consistent. They're uh, one of the more consistent teams of all time. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's, it's as insane as that is. Uh, TJ Putman says top six market, it will do well. So I looked at this the other day because I Phoenix, it has been like six, seven, eight in the markets. They've fallen to 11.
2: Yeah, they're not as high as you think.
1: No. Uh, Atlanta has skyrocketed. They've gone up like five spots. Atlanta's like five, six, seven now, depending on who you look at. Um, which was really interesting um, but, but this is not the uh, Portland business podcast so uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for a little uh, a little bit there but um, Blazers basketball is back in less than what six days seven days um, the 2022-23 season officially opens up on Monday
3: mm-hmm.
1: which is insane like we're there already it like was both oh my God it took forever to now my God it's here already. There's a lot of questions contrary to popular belief and I think particularly we have taken it, you and I at least, uh, and other people who cover the team in this market, have taken for granted what we see this team as, Brandon, but reading like national previews, I look at it and I go, oh, these people don't have a clue. Hmm. Like I've seen some like starting lineup suggestions like, oh, Gary Payton will be great as a starter alongside Damian Lillard and I'm like, What? (laughs) Josh Hart's gonna be great starting alongside Damian Lillard at Small Fort. I'm like, huh?
2: Would you be shocked by that? Because I don't think I would.
1: No. So that was GP two.
2: I would. I no way. I I, but Hart wouldn't. So
1: this this is what I just been asking around. Then this is the first question: Who starts at Small Fort? Head Mm -hmm. of camp. Like here's here's questions to kind of get you thinking about what to expect or or to look for coming. Into and out of Trailblazers minicamp and into preseason. These are kind of the the talking points. Who starts at small forward, I think, is the biggest question right away. Now, in talking to people around the team, they are excited, genuinely excited about Nasir Little. Nasir, I've seen him a couple times at the practice facility over the summer, and I've mentioned this. He is massive. He is bigger than at any point I have ever seen him. He looks like a grown ass man. He grew mm. into that body, put in the work, got the dietitian, got time in the weight room. He looks tremendous. Every time I talk about Nasir to somebody we're on the team, they do this. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like really? the, the approving Papa? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I the uh the last time I said something, I asked him, hey, how about Nasir? He goes, He looks good, huh? Like ev- everybody has said the same thing, like yeah, no, he, fig- he figured it out. Like that's It's that secret that happens to NBA players. Like, unless you're... 99.9% of dudes are not wired like Damian Lillard that know how to work, like, right away, coming into the NBA. It just doesn't happen. The It's few and far between. And that's not an indictment. It's because they're kids. Mr. Little came into the NBA at 19 years old. Brandon, do you know what the hell you were doing at 19 years old?
2: I can't actually legally talk about what I did at 19 years old.
1: So this whole idea of like, oh, he's a professional. He should know. He's still 19 years old. He has no clue. He's figured it out. He's what it means to work like an NBA player. Right. And I say all that because they, I think they genuinely want him to take that leap because it makes sense. Hart's older, not as big as Nas, not as strong as Nas, not the athlete that Nas is. Nas makes more sense for the franchise going forward. But Josh is a better player right this second. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance those two things? And when I asked around, was like, is this Nas' job? They said it's his job to lose in a sense, but like he has to earn it. The only two spots that like are, well, I should say three. No, I should say four. I'm kidding. Uh, Dame Ant, Jeremy, and Nurk. Like those spots are $25 million to Anthony Simons tells you that spot's locked up. The $25, 26000000 million that Jeremy Grant will end up probably getting uh, on his next deal, tells you Yusuf Nurkic's eighteen million dollars a year tells you he's starting. So-
0: well,
2: I I I think they they have an opportunity to prove a lot of people wrong. But I what I would say is, and I and maybe they prove me wrong on this. I, I I just I think it makes too much sense to have Hart come off the bench. Yep, because I value that spot a lot. I I don't I you know I don't look at five the five that start versus the three or four that come off the bench and play the primary minutes off the bench. I, I don't view any difference there for this team. This team is, they're built differently. They're going to have to experiment a lot. They're going to have to toy with some doing some things that, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to expose them a little bit, but it's also maybe going to benefit them in some ways. And GP2 is coming off the bench. You're going to need a guy like Josh Hart, in my opinion, whereas you can play Nas X amount of minutes and then bring Josh in as soon as you need, or Gary Payton or whatever your rotations end up being. I think I value Hart coming off the bench, a little more so than I would uh, Nas. And, and that's not a knock on Nas either. Like Nas has a great opportunity to start and actually run with that opportunity. But I, I just think the way the players are built right now, and, and, and it's fair to say, like Josh Hart is, he's better than Nasir Little today because we have not seen yeah. Nasir Little, one, stay healthy, or two, what this new improved version of him has been. And so I, I value Josh coming off the bench a little more than I would him starting.
1: Yeah, and... It, in the long term, it's very likely that Nasir ends up being a better, more productive player than Josh. I, Absolutely. Like, that's the thing. And, and again, the, the biggest thing, uh, and Joe Cronin said this when he came on the show with you. The biggest question about Nasir is can you know, he just stay healthy. And mm-hmm. it's not like Nasir is um, injury prone or brittle or anything like that. He's just had a couple weird things happen, like a dislocated shoulder. Like that just, and you see what we, we all saw it happen. we're like, what the hell? you know, just Shaden Sharp has that awkward one that he has at some, like sometimes this stuff just happens. Uh, He gets, you know, COVID and it wrecks him. Um, He had the core injury, which again, that's a little bit of news here for those that didn't see it. Uh, Both the steer little, we talked about already, but also Gary Payton had the same exact core injury surgery at the same exact facility of the same exact doctor. uh, At which point the Blazers have told me that they are getting a bulk discount. (laughs)
2: <laughs> that's good so good to hear that
1: um but the belief is around the team that Nas he's ready to step into that role and i i it's not hard to pick up what Nas has been dropping on social media coming for his respect and getting mm-hmm. ready like he,
2: but good, but good, Because yeah.
1: you know what? Light a fire here's, under his ass.
2: Here's kind of the interesting thing with the coach. And I, I know that's another big topic going mm-hmm. into the season. That sure as hell is for me. I think this coach is definitely gonna be keeping that open in his brain. And he's gonna have this prove it to me, young young stud mentality. Like, you want that spot? Take it. I think he's gonna allow Josh Hart. I don't know where Hart is on this stuff. Maybe he he'd prefer to come off, bench, maybe he wants to, I don't know what players care about that versus our players just want to play and, and be a part of a good team. But I think Chauncey's built to where he's he's not going to be stuck in his ways. I think he's going to open it up, and he's going to allow Nas the opportunity to kind of put that thing to rest and Josh uh, allow him to either take that spot from Nas or, you know what, he'll fit in just well off the bench.
1: When it comes down to it, uh, barring injury or setback, I, I do believe that Nasir is going to win this, and I do believe there's actually going to be an actual battle for this spot. Yeah, Uh, because I think Chauncey wants to set the tone for what it needs to be like. To like take that step to truly understand um, where like what it's like to be on the competitive side of things. And that's was what Chauncey kind of alluded to last year. Um, And that kind of leads me to the next question. Uh, Who's the backup big? So I've, I've talked to multiple people around the team from Summer League until the last couple weeks. And the answer that I have gotten one way or another has been some version of it's a open competition, but also it's going to depend on what night between Drew Eubanks and Trenton Watford. Mm-hmm. as far as, like, who's going to be, like, that guy. But the other part of this is you're probably going to see some Justice Winslow at the five, and you're probably going to see some Jeremy Grant at the five. But as far as, like, who's, like, the true died in the wool backup five, I'm leaning more towards Trendon being that guy, and then less there is a true big in either either Nurk's hurt or Nurk's in foul trouble or they need, the, somebody's backup big has got real size, in which case you go to Drew. More often than not in, in the NBA, Brandon rotations are set and you just kind of go you don't you don't baseball it where you're not matching lineups like oh this night's this guy this night's this guy it's more about being in the ebb and flow of expectation of when you come into a game when you come out of a game obviously those things changes with fouls and injuries but the the idea on like the eighth ninth tenth guy i think chauncey is going to opt to play guys based on matchups which will be interesting because so many coaches in the NBA don't do that.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to me, the, the depth is pretty simple. It goes Nurk, hope and pray, whatever. <laughs> I I think it is there. Look, the wing positions are huge. You guys have heard me on this podcast. I know we've talked about it. Wings, wings, wings. I want wing night every single night. That That is an area that they – came up a little short with. Now they've got guys that are versatile enough to play those spots, but they're a little undersized. Now I know, I know. Six three. He's the biggest six three ever. I get it. I do. But we were looking and hoping that this team would get what, more six, seven, six, eight guys. Like that's mm-hmm. fair to say. I-, I think the backup big is 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 one of the, if not their biggest weakness. I really do. I I think they can get by with the wing stuff, the guard play, the dynamic playmaking mixed with Uh, defensive capabilities with who they have. But the big spot is, it's just a sore eye, man. I mean, it really is. There's going to be a night where Watford's okay. And, you know, there's going to be a night where Drew is active and gets a block and the crowd goes crazy. And Casey and Lamar, like, hey, how about Drew? And I can see that happening. But I think on a consistent night in, night out basis, that's a spot I think they're going to address by the deadline. Like, there is no doubt in my brain that they are definitely going to be aiming to add more size at that spot. It's just, it's, it's a weakness. It is. And it, I know you're, you, you brought it up, but I just wanted to add like part of the reason people feel how they feel about this team outside of this bubble is that. I mean, I've read a few pieces about it and I, I don't blame people if they're not buying in on the Blazers the way maybe some of Blazer fans are. It's that, that is a weakness and it definitely will get exposed on certain nights.
1: Um, this is a question, um, that I can answer pretty well that I got in in kind of soliciting questions for media day uh, and a little bit of this Uh, John Thorpe asked why wait to sign or trade for a backup center rather than do it this past offseason do you anticipate better options being available in February than they were in July so I was able to talk to uh, most of the Blazers front office uh, about kind of how they went about for agency and the justification that I got was they when the true like good options for backup bigs were off the table which they were immediately they shifted to using their money for the best player available which was gary payton ii for them best player address the need boom figure out the rest later and that kind of gives you some insight into joe conan's process in the front office's process of why don't we just address shortcomings like the best that we can then figure out the rest later Right, And this is what he said, that the whole idea of needing multiple cycles to the, use multiple exceptions to fill out the roster, they need one to get Gary Payton, and they need one to go get a backup big, which is why you go and you re-sign Drew Eubanks on a minimum and you hand Trent and Watford uh, basically of, of that minimum deal out of his two-way, was to get cheap options in the meantime, knowing full well that they are not in the best place um Roster construction wise, they just need to keep kind of churning through that stuff until they get there, right? Right. Um, But that's why they didn't get the true backup big because they didn't like what was out there, and from what was out, what they what they did want, they couldn't afford because of where they were financially. Mm -hmm. So um, that kind of that paints at least paints somewhat of a picture of where the Blazers are and how they got here and why they are at this. You know, particular place with with the with the back end of the roster as far as the bigs are concerned. Yeah. Uh, is it the best possible situation? No. Uh, do I think that they're aware of that? Yeah, very much so. And I would, yeah and I, yeah no no go ahead. Yeah.
2: No, I, I was I was just jumping on to say yeah I think they're going to address it at some point.
1: I I would say right now as much as um, I believe in Nasir little being the starting small forward, and as much as I like Josh Hart, Josh Hart is the most likely piece to be traded by
2: leaps and bounds. I mean, he, he probably has the most value outside of your obvious candidates. Yes,
1: and he's, like, the most expendable that you have. Like, yeah. everybody else you need is a part of your starting lineup or a, a big-time contributor. So, yeah, it's that's kind of where um, right. where they said. Uh, Leon says, which bigs are off the table immediately? Hartenstein, Bamba? Yeah, literally everyone. Everyone was gone almost immediately. Um, or, or if they weren't gone publicly, they were gone behind the scenes already.
2: Right. So that's, that's well, the I mean, thing. Every, like, everybody knows where they're going before anything's they're, officially They're working out
1: paperwork, and uh, they're not trying to um, uh, DeAndre Jordan anybody, barricade anybody in a house or anything like that, which it's right. kind of a bummer because I think we need more of that. Uh, ben asks, thoughts on the new staff additions? That's the other thing I was going to touch on here real quick before we go on the next question is uh, the Blazers didn't just hire everybody. Uh, just the other day, there's a bunch of hires and they just hadn't, they, they've hired people since March. They just hadn't released a pre- press release. So they've like decided to just hold off until we got done. And then we'll dump all the names out there. Uh, the name that everybody is going to recognize is Tina Thompson, former WNBA player, uh, uh, basketball hall of famer.
2: Houston uh, Comets uh, baby.
1: She is. Um, and his, or, or her, her, Addition to the franchise is not going unnoticed. The Blazers have made a concerted effort to number one, hire women, and number two, hire women of color. If there's one thing that gives me any kind of hope about what Joe Cronin and this, and Dwayne and Hankins and what this vision of the team is, it's not that they're including minorities, which is great, or that they're including women, which is great. It's that everything Joe Cronin has said he wants to do, he has set out and done it. They mm-hmm. said they want to add to the scouting department. They said they want to get more international. They said they want to add more women and people of color. They've done all of that. And they've done it on the – what he, he has set out to do what he has said on not only just his hires, but going and getting players. They're going to take the biggest swing they can, Shaden Sharp.
3: Mm-hmm. They're
1: going to go get impact players, Gary Payton II, Jeremy Grant. Like, they have gone out and backed up everything that they have said they want to do, which, again – The second they start going against that, it's the second I'll hold their feet to the fire. But so far, they've done pretty well. Um, But a quick rundown. They did lose another assistant coach uh, besides uh, Coach Curry. Uh, Coach Brazzi is also gone. He went overseas. So that's why they did hire another assistant coach because they needed to fill a spot on the bench. Uh, I know a bunch of people have asked about Coach Curry. Um, I have asked behind the scenes we will ask again on media day. I just don't think we're probably going to get an answer for at least a little while. Um, it's not like addressing it, but as it stands right now, <clears throat> unsure of, of what happened or if anything happened or if it's both sides just parted. It, it, assistant, assistant coaches come and go pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So,
2: <clears throat> are we getting Milk Palacio back or? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I uh, I believe he was indicted and charged. So uh, I don't think uh, I don't think old Milt's coming back anytime soon.
2: Boy, that story went right under <laughs> well, the radar.
1: Well, yeah, uh, federal charges tend to do that.
2: Uh, Insurance fraud.
1: <laughs> yeah, with him and thirteen NBA players. Yeah, it's yeah. problematic at best. Um. Uh, I'm sorry. I said uh media. Um, uh, I said media day. Is at uh. Uh, the PF, but it's at uh, Moda. No, so, it's at Moda. Yeah. They
2: usually set it up on the concourse, yeah, the don't concourse. they?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I said PF. I just have the PF built
2: into my head now. Uh, well, I mean, you're going to be at the PF a lot, I'd imagine.
1: Yes. Uh, the the other interesting part we kind of alluded to it there is uh, as far as who starts between us here and Josh. Who's the first one off the bench? Is it? And here's the other part of this <clears throat> question: Who's the first one out? Is Dame the first to sit, or does he play the whole first quarter like he typically has? Is it, um, I'm sorry, uh, like uh, uh, CJ, the first one out where uh, GP2 comes in to protect him, or does Josh Hart come in for uh, Nas, or does Nas come in for, I'm sorry, does uh, GP2 come in for dame and ant becomes the primary ball handler and you go with nas a little or uh, josh hart a little bit later like how those two guys win and where they come in and how those rotations shake out is one of the more interesting things to kind of watch develop in the first in the preseason and the first couple weeks of the regular season
2: now the creature's a habit though right and i I, i'm with you like to see what dame is going to do because Mm -hmm. traditionally he plays the whole first quarter and then cj would go out about the five six minute mark um I think I would lean that right now. I think unless Chauncey and Dame have had some conversation and, you know, they're kind of reevaluating the way the roster's built with what works best. I would assume Dame does the same thing. And Ant kind of fills that CJ void of going out midway through the first. And then I, my guess of first one off the bench, my guess would be Josh Hart. Uh, Just because of the versatility he kind of creates. Cause you, you know, you, you want, I think in an ideal world, you'd have multiple guys that could handle the rock. And yes. so if Dame's on the floor, he's got Hart next to him. There you go. You got multiple playmakers now. And then I think you get GP, too. And then, you know, your big situation would work itself out, too. So I I, I kind of envision it going that way, um, at least before we see any real action in preseason.
1: Yeah, no, and, that, and that's what's going to be fun uh, to kind of come shaking out of this is. Uh, how those machinations occur and what Chauncey ends up doing. Because as long as we talk about that familiarity and Chauncey knows that, like putting guys in roles that make sense, there's been one thing that in the talks that I've had with him, he very much is just like, we're just going to do what we need to do. Mm-hmm. And that could change on a given night. And I'm I'm very interested because... The NBA has been very advanced and forward-thinking with how they go about a lot of things, and some teams more faster than others. But one thing that the NBA hasn't really done very well, in my opinion, is that matchup versatility. Like they they want to have as many six seven guys as they can to to have matchup versatility, right? But I'm talking about matching what opponents do regularly, <clears throat> changing your game plan based on opponents. Yeah, and that's gonna be interesting is that the blazers can do a lot of that in their backcourt they can't in their frontcourt but they can do a lot of that in their backcourt and i think i I feel like that's going to be an interesting topic as the season really gets going about how they go about that because they do have a lot of pieces Mm -hmm. um a couple notes uh i was told uh nasir is just about ready to go physically because he had his core surgery uh Gary Payton the second, he should be good to go probably like late camp, which is why everybody freaking out about, the Blazers signed more guards. I, I tried to <laughs> tell everybody they were signing more guards because guys weren't going to play. Right. During training camp and preseason. That was 87 winks or people that are paying attention. Um, they're not going to run Damian Lillard out there in preseason for 30 freaking minutes. Like That's not going to happen. What? Yeah.
2: I thought that's what they were going to do. Yeah. People
1: are out of their – Gourds.
2: I thought he was going to play forty minutes against that team from um, Israel.
1: Yeah, and it's not even Maccabi Haifa; it's like one of the other teams this time. I can't. Even We're remember not playing Maccabi Haifa. I thought it was one of the the other Israeli teams. I have to take a look at it again. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> um, but you you may see some um, the uh, the younger guys, the two way guys, get more burn, obviously against that that team international competition just because that's what that's for uh, one thing we haven't really talked about a ton of uh, I don't know if it's necessarily a question <clears throat> are the, the young guys in the rookies mm-hmm. um, as good as Jabari was at summer league does he force Chauncey's hand like you better find minutes for me does he like, is he so good that they're like okay like justice is tradable now I mean, you know what I mean, like.
2: I, I think the tough thing with that, let me push back just a little bit. Like, I I know they want they want flexibility because mm-hmm. they're gonna have to and probably need to make some moves at some point. My only pushback to that is one, Jabari will get that chance in camp, but two, I, we haven't talked a lot about him. Nobody really has. Like, I I think there could be some value in having Justice on this team. I mean, oh, one no, hundred I'm not I'm not pay. saying
1: to trade him. I'm saying like, does uh, does it all of a sudden like you change your focus from, like, playing justice to win right now as opposed to Jabari's so good just, like, like uh, uh, Herb. Like, Herb Jones was for the politics, Herb Jones, right. You're just but, like, but, shit, I just got to play this guy.
2: When would you say, I'm trying, I was trying to remember, because I was thinking about that, too. Uh, Herb probably came on to the scene, what, December? Like, yeah. in terms of, like, like, people going, oh, this kid can there was, give him some more minutes. There was
1: people around the team and people in the scouting world who were like, no, Herb Jones should play right now. Right, but it took a little while for coaches to like, in New Orleans, like, okay, let's give him real burn, and then yes, then he kind of caught in like December, and that's kind of what I'm wondering: does that happen with Jabari?
2: Yeah, I think I think if it does happen, Danny, I think that's how it's going to happen. I I think it would be Jabari slowly making his way into minutes, and and I know, look, when you get young players and one's really good in in pre, in uh, summer league. And the other one, you know, gave us a Kobe shot and then hurt himself. I know the instincts, especially here, because it's hard to get free agents. So you want these dudes to, to hit and hit fast. I know we're gonna want to see them earn minutes, but I think I, I truly think Chauncey, and, and maybe I'll be wrong on. I think Chauncey really is gonna allow whoever's showing him the best stuff is gonna play. I, I just I, I truly think, believe that. I do too. I don't think Chauncey's gonna be beholden. Um, to a situation where it's like, well, I can't play him. He's young. I think that's the difference between him and Terry. And, and if Jabari's killing it in camp, Jabari, I think, is going to get some run. And if he doesn't do anything with that run, Chauncey be like, all right, young buck, you ain't ready. Put, put him back in the box. Put him back in the box and play him three, four minutes at most. So I, I think that's kind of what we're looking at with Jabari. I expect Jabari, though, I do expect Jabari at some point in this year to find himself into like 12 minutes a night. I really do. I think that I don't think that's ludicrous to suggest that Jabari Walker could find himself actually getting some burn.
1: Fifty-five games, twelve minutes a night. Right. Yeah, something like a, that. A little bit more than every other night. Yep, that's it's not bad. And again, like, they
2: need they need size. I yeah. mean, like unless they make some big move, they're gonna need size. If he's well, got six fouls, and so. he's got,
1: well, yeah, they need size. <laughs> he's got six fouls, and he can shoot, and he can dribble. Yeah. Like that and combination. He the ball. Right. That
2: combination of. Size shoot dribble. You're like Right.
1: Ah, not too many of those guys on this team. So. I'm not trying to
2: sell the pipe dream here on the pod that like he's Herb Jones. I don't wanna I don't wanna I think you know, he can
1: have a Herb Jones like impact. And not, I'm not talking about defensively. I'm talking about like, oh, this is found money.
2: Yes, that way. Yes, yeah, yes. Like, Herb was amazing. Yes. And I wish Portland had Herb Jones, but yes, that in that way, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um on to the other rook, uh mm-hmm. Shaden Shark. Uh, asking around, talking to some folks, the medical report that I got, he is just about ready for full clearance. He is not doing five-on-five five yet, but he is ready to go otherwise.
2: Yeah, Jabari had said he was basically getting shots up, exercising, rehab, so but he he's, couldn't he's physical contact. He's content. a little bit yeah.
1: beyond that now. Yeah. Um, he should be ready to go. If it's not ready to go at camp five-on-five, five, we should see him on the floor in the preseason. Great. So barring any changes or setbacks, that's mindset. That's where things are sitting right now. Um, So the Blazers do have some knocks going into media day. Shaden is still recovering. Nasir is still recovering. Gary is still Mm -hmm. recovering. So that opens the door for some other opportunities for other guys, Uh, particularly early in camp and then early in the preseason if they're not 100% ready to go, because I don't think Chauncey or Joe are going to put guys out there that aren't
2: 100%. Right. So um it well especially that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh the the the, the rookie uh, lottery pick that separated his shoulder. I think they're going to be very 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 uh cautious with.
2: That's a Lambo with a donut tire. We're waiting for the real thing to come yeah, before yeah. we drive that thing anywhere. Yeah,
1: we're not throwing a Yokohama on there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not it's not happening. Um but I think those are the big questions. And I save this one for last because I think this is the biggest one, and I'm going to dive into it a lot more uh, as we progress. Uh, I saw somebody asked about watch parties during the season if I'm going to be at all the games. Uh, Brandon and I haven't talked about this yet, but the likelihood is watch parties will go for away games. So that will be the thing. Um, how we structure the show, because Brandon works mornings, and I won't be home until late, If unless I have a setup in Moda, which anybody who's ever worked Moto or tried to do anything there with social media, uh, it's not great. for Internet's internet. awful at Moto awful. Center. So the likelihood is we will not do post-games uh, on home games. Away games, probably. Uh, what we will probably do is end up doing raps uh, of multiple games. Uh, I will be doing a like single-game rap um, for Odyssey. So, Brandon, I don't even know, even know if he knows. Uh, Odyssey has a program coming out, uh, like Spotify's Green Room or Call In.
2: I don't know uh, anything is going on with yeah. my own company. Yeah. So, so, you could say anything literally right now, and I would go,
1: oh, sure, yeah, okay. This, this yeah. is how I get roped into things, because I'm the social media director for the station now. So... Um. <laughs>
2: Yeah, there's a there's a lot. We're gonna figure this out, but Danny's gonna be at a lot of games this year. He's got a lot. He's gonna have access in a way that he hasn't had. I mean, even when you did the show, even you when I did the TV show, no, stuff.
1: They, uh, Neil took my locker room access away.
2: So, yep. okay. well, okay, there you go. Let's just out the dirty laundry. Oh yeah, um, no, I've, I've talked about it publicly before. Yeah, no, but but trust us when we say, man, like we we heard you guys. The pod did, I think, even better than you and I thought. We oh, hope we went good height leaps and helps. bounds. And so, like, we're not going to go away from giving you guys content. It's just, it's going to be a little different this year. It's going to be a different us, form of it. Yes. We'll, 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 we'll have it figured all out before we get going.
1: Chase says, don't let the pod die. The pod will not die. We will the still pod, do No, bail. the pod
2: is not going to die. It, it's uh, not going to be, it's just not going to be every It's just not going to be the night. same. Yeah. Yes. It's not going to be the same.
1: You will still probably get four or five shows a week. It's just not going to be at night following every game.
2: I, I would, I would actually make the argument while the show, Quantity is going down, show quality is probably going to yeah. improve.
1: Doing doing two a day
2: um on every game day was not a good idea.
1: <laughs> Particularly I also have, last year.
2: Yes. Well, and and here's the thing that sucks from my position. Like I have two kids, so like they're starting to get into team sports, and yep. like that's another thing. So it's just And you have, have to customized. be up at four
1: o'clock in the morning.
2: And I gotta wake up at 4 a.m. There were a lot of nights yeah. like I love you guys, but I wanted to tell you guys all to F off. I was like, I'm ready to go to bed now, yeah. and this team sucks. But we got through it, and it was a fun first year. This year, I think, is going to be better. And I think just personally, and I'm biased, obviously, uh, Danny's access and the schedule we're going to have, I, I just think it's it's going to make the show better personally.
1: It, it will. Um, and Danny after dark will, will continue. <laughs> That'll be the OnlyFans option. We'll-
2: we're going to need some Danny after dark. Yeah, no.
1: Um, the the downside of all of this is um, is I live in Newburgh. Moda Center is an hour drive. So when they, after locker room access and I go back and I do my thing and I do any write-ups or – because I, I have stuff that I have to do for the radio station because um, there will be content posted there as well. It is a long drive home. <clears throat> so what the thought process is, depending on what time it is, uh, I may have um, – I may just hop on here alone because Brandon will be in bed by that time. And yeah, then, I mean, we're
2: talking like 11 o'clock at night at that point.
1: Yeah. Pro- probably closer to midnight, to be honest.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, Brandon is long gone. Uh, Mark's asking <laughs> is my, Mark's asking about the studio. The studio is like 98% done. It is drywalled and wired and ready to go. It just needs to be textured. As soon as it's textured, I'm moving in. My wife is like, hurry up and get the hell out of the house. <laughs> you can actually my, see So
2: You might as well put a bed in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, you're not kidding. There's actually the, the monitors are on the floor in here right now because I had to take everything out of there. I've got what, three, three TV screens or three monitors and two TV screens. And uh, yeah, couple of c- my guitars are in here cause they're normally out there. Um, that are all in here to get away from the, the texturing. So it should be done hopefully in like the next two or three weeks. Um, uh, once it's done, I will be in there and I will be, I am stoked to get rolling in there because, uh, I will have a lot more cool shit to work with. um, I get totally derailed there, but um one lack what what one last question hypothetical thing to talk about um before we get going here. The dynamic and the relationship between Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. I
2: cannot this, wait.
1: This is the big overarching one, and I've had so many people ask me this because I'm
2: Yeah. The, the ant guy. Your ant man. Your ant man. Yeah. yeah.
1: There will be a difference between Anthony Simons and CJ McCollum and how the offense goes we had Anthony Simons on here and I don't want to put words in his mouth but my takeaway is he is a more natural playmaker more willing and able to keep the ball moving and more deferential than CJ that will be reflected in Damian Lillard's play because and in others play because I'll be honest, there are players that were on this team that knew when CJ got the ball, they weren't getting it back. With Anthony, I don't believe that is going to be the case.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And with that, you 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 don't become the Warriors, but the ball starts popping a little bit more. And when that starts happening, you start talking about Chauncey, the the, the that era. Uh, Detroit Pistons team, how everybody had opportunities that equal up. That's where a lot of that stuff comes from. And the addition of Jeremy Grant and the relief of the offensive burden I think is going to make Damian Lillard a much more willing passer and not feel the need to necessarily slam down the offensive burden. And with yeah. that... No no, yeah. no, no, go ahead.
2: No, 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 no. I didn't want to interrupt you. Sorry.
1: Oh, it's okay. I, I was going say... That will translate to the defensive side where they don't have to burn so much energy on offense that they can be better on the defensive side. Now, whether or not that holds up, that's the real question. But as far as the difference between a Dame-CJ backcourt, a Dame-Ant backcourt, I believe the Dame-Ant backcourt will be more balanced in the long run.
2: I I think one other thing, too, is the balance is going to be really important. One, I'll just say right now, I don't blame anybody listening uh, or not listening, but just in general. I don't blame anybody if you're not – Buying into the whole, it's going to be better defensively. Feel free to have that opinion. I think that's fair. Let's let them prove that. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of part of the deal too. The offensive thing is interesting to me because him and CJ are so different. And I'm also curious to hear this. Dame and CJ are boys. I think Dame being honest though, now that CJ has gone, is able to kind of lean into Ant's ear and say, yo, I would always kind of notice this, this, and this would sometimes work better. You know what I mean? He could collaborate with Ant on what went really well and some things that maybe could have been even better. But because of each other's games, it was just like, hey, we're here together and this is kind of the duel we're going with. I think Dame has an ability to convey that kind of message to Ant. And I think Ant having to wait a little longer than CJ had to wait builds up more of a trust uh, or even a playmaking instinct. So what I mean by that is CJ breaks his foot, doesn't play comes back the next year, plays at the very end, has an amazing playoff. Boom, it's Dame CJ time. Here we go. And I think you what you saw with this is, oh, rookie doesn't play that much. Oh, comes on late next year. But uh, rookie doesn't play as much as we think. Ah, rookie. Wait, they signed Mello? And I think those kind of years of holding him back and being the third option, the fourth option sometimes, I think that lends itself to him Having trust and 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 not that teaching did trust guys, but you know what I'm saying of mm-hmm. I'm gonna make that extra pass. I don't need to shoot this shot right here. Like Josh is open, and I I'm curious to see if those things that I'm thinking about, and I think he kind of told us this in the interview. I'm curious to see if if that actually plays itself out on the court.
1: Yeah, and that's these are kind of the primer questions to kind of get your head around what comes out, and then we will be into preseason.
2: Uh, two weeks crazy
1: two weeks from pre-season it's
2: crazy you're gonna be Nuts. in california
1: um yeah unfortunately uh i i couldn't uh i couldn't sell our our sales team on sending me down to santa barbara
2: my shocked face
1: i did try and they did hear me out uh, oh i
2: know you tried and i know they heard you out <laughs>
1: Um, but I will be covering it one way or another. Uh, shout out, shout out Sean hiking. I can, will be down there covering it. Oh, is hiking
2: uh, going? Yeah. I can going. Hey, go subscribe to the Rose garden yep. report. I'm a, I'm a paid subscriber. Uh, I think he I. does great work. Um, you know, I, I haven't heard anything about quick. I don't poke and pry. I, I hope quick comes back to the beat. Cause I love his storytelling. Um, but right now, as of today, I think, I mean, you just have a couple like beat guys really, right? Yeah, so,
1: uh, for those that don't know as far as the beat coverage is concerned this year, you have Sean, you have me, uh, you have Mike. Well, yeah, Mike. I mean, yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to list everybody. That way everybody right. kind of knows what the coverage looks like this year. Um, and you have Fentress. That is your, like, everyday coverage. Um, and then on the TV side, you have uh, Brenna Green, who took over for A.J. McCord. Uh, shout out Brenna, who's back in town. Uh, she's, she's from here originally. She did a bunch of coverage up at Gonzaga for years uh, in Spokompton. Um, then you've got Joe Becker and, uh, Adam Bjornson and, uh, Orlando Sanchez. That is your, your TV coverage. Uh, he's
2: selling Nick Krupke short. Oh, again, Krupke. I always, I would, I love Krupke.
1: I always forget about 12 though. I'm
2: kidding. Well, Krupke's he's uh, 12 is into soccer until like November. Yeah. So
1: that's why I never, well, I never really see him around anymore. Um, but, uh, that's who – that's that's your coverage team this year. Yeah. So there's, there's – oh, and you know what? I, I didn't mention two other people. Austin White at the Tribune uh, as well as Bill Orem, uh, who is back up here now. Uh, if you guys don't yeah, know. Yeah,
2: Bill O, baby.
1: Bill is – he's not a Blazers beat guy. He is the columnist at the Oregonian, but Bill is fantastic.
2: He's coming from the Laker beat, so yes. he's he's got a basketball background. He understands. He, and
1: he gives a shit about basketball, and he knows I the game.
2: Th- I think he gives a little more shits about basketball than the last columnist at that, yes. that place. Yes. So I think you'd see him a little more in that realm.
1: Yeah. So um, don't don't be surprised to see him uh, ha- uh, around as well or, or opining on the Blazers. Um, so that's a lot of coverage changes. There you go. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to kind of see how that all kind of shakes out. Uh, but I do know uh, Sean is heading down there. Uh, I don't know of anybody else for sure that's heading down there yet on the coverage side. But uh, go subscribe to Sean to get the uh, daily updates, uh, kind of what comes out of that. We will be up again on Sunday, and that's when I will take this giant list of questions and kind of use it as a primer for Monday's Media Day. Um, I will try to take maybe a couple of these questions um, to work into there.
2: Um, You should just straight up be like, yo, uh, fan question that i got and then just you know read it like to work work that'd be fun yeah that'd be fun
1: um and i'm gonna i'll run that uh by everybody and make sure we're cleared to go and then kind of work our way from there but uh thank you guys all for being here we appreciate it this is the 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 quasi kickoff sunday will kind of be like the real kickoff and then media day will be here and we will be completely rolling we will have basketball back very quickly which is absolutely awesome
2: yeah, right, uh, after, right after Saturday, um, we will start things and, and, and get everything going. But after Saturday, of course, baby. After Saturday. Yes,
1: of course. And then uh, we, Brendan and I will come up with some bet one way or another. You, you, you got it? I can't hear it. It's not loud enough. What? There you go. It is a good fight song. It's oh, a it's good, a great fight it's song. It's a good fight song. It's a great fight song.
2: It's a great fight song.
1: Too bad you're only going to play it twice, because we are going to play ours 47,000 times like we always do.
2: Don't worry. We'll have 8,000 first down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh Thank you guys all so, so very much. Go, uh, go watch USC, Oregon State, Pac-12 after dark. Uh, it'll be absolutely weird and wild. And then uh, after that, we will uh, We will. Have, oh, Somebody said a Woj tweet. Oh, oh No. Emi Yudoka is facing possible disciplinary action for <sighs> unspecified violation of organizational guidelines. Interesting. Okay. Well, but, that's some, something to keep our eyes what? on. Yeah, what that, is that I don't know the way that reads. That way that reads is very weird. Also, possible what,
2: disciplinary action, including a significant suspension for an unspecified violation of organizational uh, guidelines. Yeah. Did he? Uh... Mm, I don't even want to speculate. Yeah, Never no, mind. don't say don't no. say it out loud. No, I'm not. I will say, say, Woj
1: just got a new graphic here and all ready to go to go with his tweet. So that's kind of weird.
2: Um, that's such a vaguely weirded tweet. Yeah, just don't tweet what's happening or don't tweet. What yeah. a weird thing to tweet.
1: I don't know. But we'll we'll end on that. Uh, Thank you all very much. We appreciate you. Like, rate, view, subscribe. Help us grow the show. You can follow us on social media, at Jack Ramsey, at Danny Morang, at Brandon Sprague. Uh, You can follow or or listen to uh, Brandon in the morning, every morning, 6 to 9 a.m., with his co-host, Dirt and Sprague, on 1080 The Fan. And then three hours later, you can listen to Dusty and I, noon to 3 on 1080 The Fan, uh, and you can hear our, the illustrious Jeff Jeff Russ sing a uh, wonderful ballad on one of our lead-ins. Have you heard that song yet?
2: I haven't heard it yet.
1: Oh, God, it's tremendous. Have uh, He's singing it? Oh, have have your producer pull it in the morning and listen to it before the show. It's
2: I'll have Russ play it when he comes in because oh, I you see go. him very right. Oh, that's right. You,
1: you do, He comes in on time. Yeah. yeah, have him pull yeah. it in. It's incredible. Um, but we will see you guys on Sunday. We'll try to get it in between and have a small quick show uh, in between Sunday afternoon and Sunday night football. Uh, and we will not be doing Thursday night shows this year. <laughs> Just to say no, that's not happening. Not during no. the NFL season. <laughs> um but other than that, guys, thank you all again so so very much. Like, review, subscribe, help us grow the show shares with friends, shares, family. And until Sunday we will take we will talk to you all soon. Take care and have a wonderful one.